Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you meaningful support to find great careers faster. And that's whether you're working or not. Today, we're talking about getting on the hiring manager's radar. This it can be challenging, and it's going to be different in every situation, but we want to talk about this in just general terms, because often there are ways to get on the radar that either we forget about, we don't know about, or that we aren't sure whether or not it's going to be effective, and so we don't try. And I think the first step is you got to try what you know. Hopefully we can build on that today. Today's episode is actually brought to you by The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's an ebook that Scott and I have put together. It's a free resource for you on jobseekersradio.com. You can download that at your leisure. The challenge with getting on the hiring manager's radar is some feedback that I've gotten from a lot of job seekers that I've coached, both ones that are working and ones that are not that are just trying to get, I don't want to say around recruitment or talent acquisition, but really they want to talk to a human being. And often they're not able to because of all the layers of process that stand between them and the company. So many companies now are using automated systems to go through a recruiting process. And so it is difficult to get in touch with a human being. And and we recognize that. Turn the tables just long enough to, to think about why they would want to do that. I I can't really blame them. Having been on both sides of the coin, both as a hiring manager as well as a a job seeker, the hiring manager needs help anymore. I don't know many companies that have a lot of recruiters or a lot of people that have the bandwidth to be doing a lot of the sourcing. Most of the recruiters I know have an enormous number of tickets open for positions that they need to hire people into, and it can be daunting. So the automated systems that they use help them to find people with the right qualifications, at least with the right keywords. So all of the the podcasts that we've, we've already done, where we're talking about how to get into that, all of that still applies. Hopefully we can maintain a sense of empathy for those who are going through all of that processing, the ones that are reaching out using these automated systems. We want to help them to find us. So that's really sort of the the perspective we want to start with today. Part of this is really reverse engineering the roles you're interested in and and identifying then, okay, what are some of the challenges that are common in the industry? What are some things that the company is facing? Is is there a trend that's happening that's relevant? Have you been able to navigate that trend in the past that, that would be relevant to that hiring team? Well, and also, where are we in the employment cycle? We go through this with the economy and, and we see it time and time again, where the economy is getting really strong or has been strong for a period of time. Unemployment is low. I'll give the caveat that employment is never as low as the numbers that we hear say it is. It's true that unemployment does go through the cycle. So the tactics that company use will also change based on the volume of um, applications they receive, the number of qualified candidates that are currently in the, the job seeker pool, what is the competitive environment like in terms of being an employer? Do they have to work harder to find someone 
someone to fill the job, and so they have to sweeten the deal somehow. All of these things play into that cycle. So be aware of where where we are whenever you're looking, where we are in that, that employment cycle. And many of these hiring managers are easy to identify because most of them, at least in my experience, are on LinkedIn. And the big question I have from clients is, how do I find the hiring manager? Well, did you look on LinkedIn? Well, there's a hundred of them. Great, you've got a hundred people now that you can network with that you don't know, is it that one or that one or that one, but it doesn't matter because some of them aren't gonna respond anyway. Sure, and those who do will probably be able to lead you in the right direction. In the right direction. LinkedIn also offers filters that you can use in that search. So you can, you can search for specific words. So if you, if you're looking for a position, uh, you're looking for that hiring manager for a position that you've been in or that you're familiar with, you should be able to figure out what the, the titles are, or at least some keywords that you can filter that search. And LinkedIn is not the only source though. Most of us work in industries where there is an industry association which means there are people from a variety of organizations that do what you do. And whether that's the industry that your company is in or the industry of your discipline. For my own example, the Association for Training and Development. ATD. ATD. The Association for Training and Development. It covers all industries, but it is specific to those of us in the learning and development world. Then you also have those in, uh, for example, the medical industry. You have the people who are in an industry. These associations will depend on what it is that you do, but they will be able to help you find people too. Start conversations. Let them know what it is that you're trying to accomplish to expand your network, to expand your contacts within your industry, to develop new skills, perhaps looking for new opportunities, whatever that might be. Work with people in your affinity group that can help you. And that really comes down to then just identifying that leader. Once you've identified that leader, I think it's important maybe to put together a profile on them. Not that I'm looking to put together a dossier, but right. I really want to see what are they talking about? Where do they, where are they coming from? What, um, what sort of things can I find when I Google their name? Right. Sure. So there's a lot. Have they published a, anything? Right. There's a little bit of research that you can do on the front end in order to position whatever it is you're going to put out there in alignment with what that leader is interested in. And we can talk about values. We've talked about that in prior podcasts. We can talk about areas of interest that are both professional or personal for these individuals. And it's not like we're trying to teach you how to stalk someone. This is really about how do I have a conversation that is then meaningful to the other person. Once we know who some of the hiring managers may be in an organization, whether they have a position open or not, isn't the point. These are people who have direct reports and therefore will at some point need to bring someone else on the team. They lose a a team member or whatever. You're already preparing for those conversations. And that's the point. It's just keeping track, keeping tabs on this leader is, is really important. Primarily because if you decide to make a, this person a mentor or even a thought leader, then you probably want to keep in regular contact right. with them 
over time. If you're connected with them already on LinkedIn, you can make comments on the things that they post. You can reply to comments they make on yours or other people's. It's like showing up at the gym. If you keep showing up in these different platforms to simply engage, not to show how important you are or how knowledgeable you are, but just to join the conversation, you're going to create that sense of trust with these hiring managers. You will get on the radar without having to say, hey, I want you to hire me. And really it's positioning yourself too. So once you understand this hiring manager, it's saying, okay, what problems do I solve? And if you position yourself as a solution to a problem, then you're going to be seeking problems to solve. And you don't offer the solution until you know there's a problem, problem to solve. solve. <laughs> right. This is another conversation that, that we can have with those who will be hiring. What are your pain points or what problems are you solving? There's also the conversation of what problems are you trying to avoid? What do you see as potential for your organization that you are actively trying to improve on before you get there, before it's a problem? I, I've had conversations with people recently, certainly from a development side, of how do we become proactive when what we're trying to do is solve problems? Well, problem solving is a reactive function. So how do you turn that around and be proactive? Well, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? What outcomes does your organization want in terms of its goals? And now we can do things like, for example, reverse brainstorming, which is, okay, we're going to approach this. How do we totally screw this up? And you, you What's usually, the worst thing that could happen? Right. And <laughs> how do we make that worst thing happen? What's great about this is now you start to often see the humor in it. You're creating a conversation that no, most people don't have. That becomes memorable, but also it's how to identify the things that are going to trip you up. It's a great way to proactively problem solve before problems show up. And when you become adept at this, not only will you have had a more positive conversation with these people who may be hiring, they will see you as a problem solver without having to be reactive. And, and really that applies also to internally, if you're in a company and you're trying to get on uh, so some of the folks that I'm coaching right now are, are at a large organization and these people are starved for time, you know, and everybody wants to get on their calendar. And how do you manage that? And how do I make my 15 minutes uh, more important than somebody else's right, 15 right. minutes? And that competition starts to come in. And really, um, part of this process is putting yourself in a position to give that person regular communication just as course of your work. And that sometimes doesn't require getting 15 minutes on their calendar. That could just be having a project up. Right. Here's the project we're collaborating on together. Wanted to keep you posted on what's going on. I also think about when, when we think about values and, and goals, what are the hot buttons involved? What do we need to be sure that we're, we're giving positive information about? How we're achieving around those hot buttons? That can also be a really helpful conversation. It's not that you are solving their problem. It's that you have a mindset of providing solutions. And if you know what their hot buttons are, you can actually lead into that very comfortably. Those regular check-ins do more to create credibility than simply having a good answer. The other way to create credibility is to actually go to some of the industry events that the leader or the hiring manager doesn't just have bandwidth or time to go to. 
Absolutely. And so now you can be that that sage, right? The sure. industry sage that uh, is always going to the industry events and bringing the latest things to the hiring team. Once you establish that communication with the, the hiring manager, that you can be an extension of their work, that you'll do the legwork for them, they actually would appreciate that as long as you're bringing back the value from these activities. The other thing to think about is what meetings can you sit in on to gather information sure. and just be a, a present consistent resource. You know, I think, I think of all these, uh, meetings we see on C-SPAN where there's a, com- a committee meeting and, you know, the, the congressman's up front and there's like five staff members behind them, that you know, aren't on camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not quite on camera, not quite on camera, but you know, not aware that they're being filmed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there are so many of these that actually happen that we don't think about in terms of our participation. As we're trying to get on somebody's radar, we may have restricted bandwidth. We may not have the time to attend all these other things. So that may be a conversation you have with your current leader or boss to try to free up a little bit of time. Uh, and that that's going to look different depending on the kind of work that you do. Here's where at least for me, my ability to communicate my own brand statement, my personal branding statement, okay, that needs to align with my company, the brand that I'm working for. When I can talk concisely about the value I bring as an individual into these conversations, that's actually going to inform the conversation I have with my boss where I'm asking, can I have a little extra time to do X, Y, and Z activity? Yeah. And then you go do X, Y, Z activity. And and then you bring back the value. You bring back the value that then maybe saving them time because now they don't have to go do it or they can rely on you to be a consistent force in the organization to make that kind of thing happen. And that's going to make you more visible to other leaders who then can see you coming onto their radar as being somebody they want to bring on board. Doing good work. I mean, that's what it is. It's really just demonstrating to people around you that you do good work. So part of this problem that I see with a lot of people is, hey, I don't like to brag or I don't like to toot my own horn or whatever uh, thing that they're hiding behind. And that's what it is. They're really hiding behind and keeping all of their capabilities secret. And if I have some strength inside of me, I want other people to know about it. It, Maybe they just haven't identified that or are willing to embrace what that is for them. You're reminding me of a quote, and I wish I could remember who said it first. Most people are most afraid of success. It's true. And they don't realize it. That's the challenge. Well, I don't want to toot my own horn. Tooting your own horn in an appropriate and helpful way is not conceit. You're not being stuck up by telling people what you bring to the table. If anything, helping them help you. And this becomes a symbiotic relationship. And isn't that what we're trying to do? Well, yeah. And God forbid that it actually helps the manager, helps the company, helps you, helps. (laughs) You've got to be able to toot your own horn to some extent. So don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. You don't want to be a clanging symbol so that you're like just constantly. That gets uh, annoying. Yeah, it's very annoying, but there's you absolutely have permission to tell the truth about the things you're good at and the things you enjoy doing so that you can advocate for your own exactly. satisfaction, your own happiness. So then if you know what brings you satisfaction on the job, you know what interests you, you know the direction you want to go, now you have another filter to use which leaders do you want to get onto their radar. You have now a way to focus 
your efforts in the right directions. Because the more you do the things that you love to do, the more energy you get, the more passionate you become, the more of an expert you appear to other people because they see how you're tapping into this. This is one of those virtuous circles. These are ways for you to get involved and be seen as a thought leader or as a good person to have on the, the ground. And, and people want to be around that. They don't want to be around a, a milquetoast person that keeps everything quiet. It's just not very exciting. I'd rather be around people that got it going on, that are full of energy, that understand who they are, they know what they bring to the table, and they have capacity. That That's exciting. It demonstrates life. Well, and you don't have to do that on the job either. You can do volunteer work. You can get out there and do things. Maybe it's not even involved in your work. When people know that you are volunteering your time, that says something about how you feel about your community, your your worldview, depending, of course, on what voluntary work you're doing or the organization you're doing it for. Here's another opportunity to expand your network, doing things that you really are interested in doing. You may take that a step further and volunteer to do a project. Hey, I see this thing. I think there's a project there. I'd like to volunteer to take that on. And, And really, you're demonstrating to a higher manager that you have that capacity sure, and that you are proactive and you've identified a need and you're ready to address it. Now we think about different resources that we can turn to to find these sorts of opportunities. There's the business journal from your city and every large city, even most of the smaller cities have a business journal, if not called the City Business Journal, like Portland Business Journal, Los Angeles Business Journal, there are others like that. You look at the news sources, if they, they're they making an announcement that something is happening, there's nothing wrong with contacting someone in that organization to say, hey, I see this is happening in the news. I would love to know how I might be able to get involved in that. What volunteering opportunities might you be offering? It, it's not, hey, I want you to hire me. It's, hey, how can I volunteer? They might just hire you. Yeah, there's lots of hiring managers that have lives outside sure. of the job. Yeah. And that might include, you know, the American Cancer Society or diabetes. Right. Or, well, or we have whatever. We have a mutual friend that's involved in the Alzheimer's organization. There are all sorts of different groups out there doing this kind of work that you can now get involved in and meet new people, expand your network. Uh, you can find them on social media, whether that's Facebook or LinkedIn or any of the social media platforms out there. I look at it kind of like a circle. By that, I mean, hey, you know, if you're trying to get on the hiring manager's radar, there's a a gravitational satellite, right, around that person. And you're just not close enough to the hiring manager to To get sucked into that to get sucked into the vortex. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess what I'm suggesting is there's always somebody that's a little bit closer to that hiring manager than you are. And often they were there's somebody that each leader that I've ever met relies on as kind of like their sounding board or their go-to person or someone that they can allow them to be influenced by because they value that person's opinion. And if you can't get to the hiring manager, one way you get on their radar is maybe through their executive admin or uh, a peer, a potential peer that you happen to play squash with on Saturday afternoons or something. I don't know. That brings us back to your one of your early ideas of doing the search on LinkedIn to find the hiring manager, look at the peers, look at the other people. Who are the various people on that level that you might be able to connect with just to get some information about the company? What what is it like to work there? What what are your current strategies? I mean, I'm just interested in the industry, whatever that looks like. There's, because that's going to tie them tie you right back into where you need to be. There's more than one door into the organization. Right. And it's either through the hiring manager, the peers, could be somebody in sales or somebody in finance 
chance that you end up bumping into just kind of serendipitously uh, at a weekend event, maybe a wine tasting or a, a sure. pub crawl or, you know, some sort of faith organization that happens to go to your church. Sure. All of the, the these potential conversations, somebody in the grocery line. Yeah. It's not that you should be talking about your employment situation in every conversation you have. Keep that in mind, that any conversation you have could go there so that if you have your personal branding statement written out and practiced, that you can jump into that opportunity as soon as it presents itself because you never know where where and when it's going to happen. It may be just a stepping stone. We do want to encourage you to look for any opportunity, all opportunities. Don't feel like you've exhausted them all because you probably haven't. Don't restrict yourself. Keep an open mind because you'll be surprised in how many opportunities actually come up if you're just ready for them. Keep your eyes and ears open at all times. Well, that does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. You can get all the show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 077. We want to remind you that we do have the ebook called Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's there. It has companion audio. Avail yourself of it. It's totally free. And it's one of the best ways to get on the radar of a hiring manager. Is to do your networking. Is to do your networking in a, in a somewhat pragmatic, direct way, if that works for you. But getting on their radar it could involve the networking piece. And that is one of the resources we have that's totally free. Our gift to you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. We really do appreciate your investment of time and your attention. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. While you're there, please leave us a rate and review. We really do appreciate that. And we, we want your feedback. You can also give us feedback or ask us questions on jobseekersradio.com. And according to Mahatma Gandhi... Be the change you want to see in the world. I'm Scott. And I'm Andrew. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day. Bye-bye.